everybody. Welcome to The Sip List. I'm Amanda, your host, and this is the podcast where we drink wine and count down our top five favorites of all the things. And today I'm joined again by the amazing Casey, who I already know is not drinking because he's getting over some sickness. So thank you for being here, Casey, and I'm glad you fell up to doing it. How are you doing? I've been better, but I'm actually very well on the mend right now as we speak. That's good to hear. And we're pretty sure it's not the COVID, right? Yes. Good. No, it's, I'm 99.9% sure it's one seasonal and two, the nephews came over last weekend and they all had sniffles and runny noses and all of that. So yeah, that makes sense. Not not blaming the three and the five-year-old, but (laughs) blame their daycares. That's probably where they get it. Yeah. Or if they go to daycare, I'm assuming. <laughs> it, not really, because their mom is a teacher, and her school hasn't officially allowed people back in the building yet. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Texas went 100% this weekend, and it was evident. Um, we went out yesterday. We went to look at some bedroom furniture and then um, out to eat. And yeah, luckily all the places were still requiring masks. In fact, at Nebraska Furniture Mart, they have a security guard in the door, at the door. And this one guy came in without a mask and he chased him down. I loved it. It was awesome. Um, But the people were out in droves. Like at 6 p.m., there was already a wait at all the restaurants. And usually at 6, you can get in pretty quickly, especially at not like a really busy place. Texas Roadhouse had lines out the door, so... Yeah, I can only imagine because our, our reopening process is like a four-phase process. And I believe we just went to or are going to phase three. So why do I hear Nirvana in the background? Because I just got a text message on my phone. Oh, nice. Okay. That, that would be my ringtone. I like it. Of course you do. <laughs> Because that is my hometown's motto, come as you are, nice as you were. And I'm not going to freaking sing because I'm not Phoebe Buffay with her sexy <laughs> voice. <laughs> that was a good one, though. Um, yeah, we don't do phases here. It's all or nothing in this shit show of a state. Texas has been... I. I think place it's been back and forth between 50 and 75% capacity, but they just said hundred percent capacity, everything. And like I said, luckily so far people have still been wearing the masks, but um, the Texas Rangers actually announced that for the opening game of the season, they're going to go full capacity. And I just thought that's like 20,000 people or something like that. I I don't know how many people fit in that uh, ballpark, but it's a lot, probably more than 20 actually. Oh yeah, capacity forty nine thousand one hundred and fifteen, and it wow. will be full. So, good luck, people. Good luck. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Anyway, the reopening stuff will be interesting. We'll see how it goes. I'm still trying not to do too much, but yeah, um, we are trying to shop for new bedroom furniture, so we kind of had to go out. But anyway, it's one of those things that I'm glad to see things starting to reopen again. But at the same time, I don't want to get overly excited because i'm just leery of falling backwards again yeah for sure 
I don't think enough people have been vaccinated yet, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Texas loves being uh, the test subject for all the crazy shit that happens in the world. So why not? There are some places with sporting events where they're trying to maximize attendance for sporting events. And it's like, I think you're biting off way more than you can chew this early. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not trying to say I wish for bad things to happen. I just. No, no. But yeah. I just yeah. won't be surprised if, you know, there are events that are already starting to foretold of 45,000 people in attendance and it's like no no it's way 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 too early for numbers that big yeah we uh we kept our thunder season tickets and they they opted for no fans the entire season so we're we're gonna kind of saving some money i guess because we're basically getting credits forward and we got a discount but still kind of sucks to not be able to go understandable i mean i know how much you love your thunder i do i do that's okay follow that one (laughs) all right we'll move on so you don't have to think about it um so what do you what do you have to drink you got some hot tea some theraflu some water um i'm being a little bit hot toddy (laughs) (laughs) i wish i really honestly do but um I haven't actually had any caffeine for like the last two days. So I am currently drinking a cotton candy flavored bang energy drink. Oh, okay. Interesting. That sounds really sweet and not something I want to try. No, yeah. It Well, suppose if you do it in moderation, it's <laughs> supposedly supposed to be the energy drink that is diabetes friendly. Yeah, so not a lot of carbs, not a lot of sugar. Uh, zero carbs, zero sugar. The problem is, is it's got like each can has forty milligrams of sodium in it. And caffeine can make your blood sugar spike too. I didn't know that for a long time, but uh-huh. so again, that's why you gotta be careful. Oh, it's got no carbs and no sugar. I'm gonna freaking drink eight in one day. No, smart <laughs> idea. They always have to supplement something else to make up for the stuff they're not putting in there, whether it's oh. fake sugar or sodium or whatever. You never, there's always a catch, which sucks, but you just have to watch out for it. Well, I am uh, still drinking a mimosa. I had made one earlier when I thought we were going to record earlier and then we didn't. So I put it in the fridge. So recycled mimosa. Exactly. I I had to have it ready to watch the Grey's Anatomy episode, and I'm glad I did because oh man, I am, I'm actually glad we did record a little bit later because I was I sounded kind of like you after all my ugly crying. I would, did not sound very good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Again, Shonda Shonda Rhimes is ruining my life one episode at a time. See, and that's the thing. Grey's is on what season? What sixteen now? I think seventeen. Sixteen. Well, sixteen, seventeen, whatever the hell. It- it's a lot. <laughs> Let's be honest here. How many more seasons does that show have left in it? Uh, my feeling is that this is the last one. I could be wrong, but that's that's the feeling that I'm getting. Well, okay. 
because my thought is is how much longer is Ellen Pompeo going to want to keep playing Meredith Grey? Right. And you can't do the show without her. So, yeah. It, oh, yeah. Not going to lie, it's been a few seasons since I've watched. Yeah, that's okay. That's that way for a lot of people, but I just I just can't quit it. I really can't. I got to see it through. So, because you probably feel like Grey's Anatomy like I feel about like The Walking Dead where they're on the end of season 10 now and it's like I put this much time into it damn right. it bad as it's gotten I'm seeing it all the way through to the freaking end I don't understand how they've made Walking Dead work this long I because Grey well, is at least a medical show you can make it work for a while because there's always new medical stuff and you can always bring in new characters like it may change but you could probably keep it going like I mean ER went for like what 10 or 12 seasons something like that it was on for a while but Walking Dead, I just don't get it. And I don't know. Well, it's but, one of those shows that... Like somebody think, has to win eventually, right? <laughs> you would think. I think there's only like two people left on the show from the first season. Right. I mean, if we're going to have to survive a zombie apocalypse for 10 plus years, just go ahead and kill me. I don't want to have to live with that for that long. <laughs> well, no, because you also got to fact you, you we're living in a zombie apocalypse like they are. You got no cell phones, no TV. Yeah. No radio. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. No bueno. Well, so on that note, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. (laughs) That was stupid. So we actually have an assigned topic that you and I are going to discuss. We do. How about that? What? Um, I mean, come on. You and I don't ever stay on topic about what no we really don't it's it's you know what i don't care if you're listening you already know that and if you don't like it again go listen to some other shitty podcast again this is what like my fourth time on the show fifth time somewhere yeah something like that three and five episodes i've been on and yeah granted the last couple haven't been as long as the first one was praise jesus no shit. <laughs> I still to this day will always apologize for the fact that I think we recorded that first episode and it took like four hours. Yeah, it was daunting to edit, I will say. But it's all right. We're but at uh, the same time it was fun and it also helped get me hooked into the idea of wanting to create an evening at the movies. So Exactly. And now that. you have your own medium to talk for hours on that I don't have to edit. <laughs> exactly and ever since i started my own i'm very good at sticking to the 90 minutes and let's wrap this shit up so that i can do as little editing as possible <laughs> exactly uh good it's good though i like it i'm excited for how I've that is gonna go of, i've actually gotten a lot of good, positive feedback on my show from a lot of different people that's and, amazing you know you and i've even talked about the fact that almost everybody that i've talked to about mine has always screamed and begged for one thing on the show and that was more you and i oh so i mean who wouldn't want that well exactly but in the meantime we'll do our top five for tonight so this is going to be the second in our movie themes edition series and i know the first time We didn't really know exactly how we were going to do it. I think initially I had said we were going to do 
90s to current and then 79 and backward. But obviously we realized as we got into the 90s to current list, there was no way to narrow that down to five. So that being said. My my 90s list was, what did I say, like 20 some odd? Yeah. Theme songs long. Yeah. And that's just for a 10 year period. Exactly. And so we're going to do 90s only. And even then we we decided to acquiesce that there are three songs that should be on everybody's list from the 90s and that we don't need to include them because they're so epic and we wanted to have a chance to include some others that might not get as much love so just to go ahead and put it out there we are both going to say that my heart will go on from titanic i will always love you from the bodyguard and everything i do i do it for you from robin hood are all epic belong on all the lists maybe number one on all the lists so we're depending just gonna... upon who you are and what your tastes are yeah yeah but you can't you cannot talk about the 90s and movie songs without mentioning any of those songs i mean yeah so my my heart will go on obviously everybody knows that song is from titanic even if you haven't seen the movie which i figure most people have but you hear that song, you immediately know it's Titanic, and you picture Leo and Kate and all that. Um, I that song got played so much, I actually got sick of it for a while. But and Celine, like every other time a song came on the radio back in what ninety eight, it seemed like it was ninety seven, ninety eight, whatever yeah. year. Yeah, it was like every other song was "My Heart Will Go On." It, same station. Yeah, but played it. And played another song, then played it again, and then another song, and then again. And then did you guys get like the radio remix version where it had uh, clips from the movie in it? Uh-huh. <laughs> Shall I go ahead and announce my number? F- well, well, yeah. So, okay. So to the how many we think we're going to have in common first. Yeah. So we're going to do our top five 90s movie themes, excluding the three. Outside of that... I actually really don't know. I think that I know what your number one is, but you think that I don't know. So that's going to be interesting. I I think one. There's one that I have that I think you might have. Other than that, I don't think you'll have any of mine. I already forewarned you that there is one in my top five that is kind of probably going to be an off-the-wall shocker. I'm not saying where it falls on the list, but okay. there's one in there like that. So... So you're saying one, you think? Uh, One, yeah. Very off-the-wall chance of maybe two, but definitely probably one. Uh, Okay. I'm not even a definitely on the one, so we're going to see. All right, I'm excited. So what's your number five? My number five is actually a dual entertainment genre theme song. It's actually a theme song from a quite popular TV show from back in the 90s, as well as now, after last year, I think three movies in a franchise. It would be Bad Boys from the TV show Cops and the movie franchise Bad Boys. Gotcha. Okay. I like it. I like it. I mean, it doesn't necessarily think you probably could have named the movie anything else and not use that and the movie still would have worked, but I yeah. for some reason they had to, they wanted to try and latch on to the uh, massive hit theme song that they could beat to death for yeah. 
at the time, one movie, then two movies, now three movies. Which are all incredible. Yeah. I mean, there is not a one of those three movies that I don't like. And same. I remember being a young teenager growing up and watching cops on TV. Yep, me too. (laughs) Yeah, that was like. Yeah, you hear that song, you definitely think cops or bad boys, but yeah. um... Both are cop movies. (laughs) Right. Now, the Bad Boys franchise is incredible. And actually, um, when I was working on one of my other lists that still has not uh, been done yet because it's hard to get three people together to record, but Bad Boys, I was trying to decide Bad Boys 2 or Bad Boys 3 because George actually thinks he likes Bad Boys 3 the best. And I was kind of like, well, I think I like 2 the best. That's one of the few times that I feel like a sequel was better than the original, but they're all good. Yeah, I was going to say, I can probably count on two hands how many times a sequel has been has been better than the original movie two hands i'm thinking one hand but okay <laughs> your one hand probably is a safe bet i might need two hands for honorable mention okay well let's discuss that at a later time because i'm actually intrigued but <laughs> okay that. yeah that's a good song um I will say it's not a song that I would just listen to for the fun of it, but it definitely does invoke an image and, you know, a memory. All right. Well, good one. Number five. My number five is from, well, actually it's, it's the song keep their heads ringing by Dr. Dre from the 1995 movie Friday. And I love that movie so much. It's just, it's kind of stupid and crude humor, but it's also freaking epic. And yeah, I mean, everybody's saying bye, Felicia, who wasn't even born when Friday came out. Go back and watch Friday. That's where it came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that movie's what, 26 years old this yeah. year? Yeah. And people are still bye, Felicia. Yep. And it's, and like, it's like, that's where it came from. <laughs> that's not even the only. I mean, I, there's so many freaking one liners from that movie that. I still today, 26 years later, hear kids half my age freaking throwing out there, whether it's, and you know this, man. man. <laughs> yep. Or it's Friday, you ain't got, you a, got job. No job. You ain't you got, got shit to shit do. To do. Get high. Yeah, I actually say that one to this day. I say it a lot. <laughs> well, and I think probably my favorite one out of all of them is oh during one of the flashback scenes when what's his face gets his i believe bike stolen by debo yeah knocking him out and smokey runs over and gets in his you got knocked the fuck out no offense to the second two movies yeah they were just okay but I really, for me, Chris Tucker was the perfect supporting character in that movie. Yeah. And I, I think he owes a lot of his career to that movie. So. Yeah. I mean, well, because even going into the Rush Hour franchise after that, he had awesome chemistry with Cube. He had a hundred times more chemistry with freaking Jackie Chan. Yeah. But I think him, I think his portrayal of Smokey, kind of like that sidekick character, I think is probably what put the idea out there that he could 
support a movie on his own. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have thought that before. No. Um, Ice Cube I, is a leading man. Like, oh. I think any day of the week, Ice Cube is a leading man. But Chris Tucker, you might not have thought that before that. No, it Cube Cube walks into frame and bam, your eyes are just drawn to him. Yeah. He just has that presence. But I don't care if it's watching Friday. I don't care if you're watching Barbershop. I don't care if you're watching. <laughs> I love Barbershop. <laughs> yeah, I don't care if you're watching freaking Boys in the Hood. That that movie is one of my all time favorite movies ever. It's just Boys in the hood. yeah, it's so good. It's, it's one of those that I could probably if I made a top five list of movies that I can, I've seen two hundred and fifty times and still make me cry every time. Uh-huh. Yep. I don't know where it would fall on that list, but it would be in my top five. When Ricky dies, I just sob like every single time. All right. So <laughs> let's move on. What is your number four? My number four is from the 1992 sports movie about a small makeshift last minute thrown together because of World War II Women's Baseball League, a league of their own. This used to be my playground. Such a good song and movie. Uh, Madonna killed it. I think Madonna killed it both all the time. Yeah. In the movie and with the theme song as well. I mean, the theme song, the theme, I can't speak. (laughs) The theme song fits almost word for word the story and the emotion of that movie. Yeah. You start in present day at the beginning of the movie, 98% of the rest of the movie is all flashbacks to the girls building or getting drafted into their league and playing their season out. Then the end with the going back to, okay, it's been almost 30 years, so I'm not worried about spoiling it. Yeah. Ultimately the girls getting inducted into as the first female members of the baseball hall of fame and coming back and reminiscing about their glory days and, you know, realistically it, used to be their playground yep and oh such a good movie that's that's not on my list but it did make my long list that's one of my favorite ones i'm not gonna lie either i mean that it wasn't even a woman that stole that freaking movie either for me tom hanks freaking Mm -hmm. masterfully stole that movie and that movie literally came out right before he started getting all of his big huge Right afterwards, he got Philadelphia. Right after that, yep. he got Forrest Gump. Right after that, he got Apollo 13. And, I mean, yeah, A League of Their Own came out after Big, but, you know, that was Big and A League of Their Own was probably the Tom Hanks coming out party as being the epic actor that he is. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had some epic roles before that, but they weren't oh, yeah. as... This one at least had some um, dramatic effect to it, whereas you know Turner and Hooch and Mer- or no Splash and whatever those were all he was really good in those, but they weren't. I mean, yeah, I don't think until Philadelphia you really got a good taste of the Just depth. Of yeah, action. because oh my god, that movie. So yeah, that's one of those movies that yeah. 
it's so powerful that I could theoretically see it making a top five list for emotionally resonating movies. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because there's another movie with a Madonna song that may or may not be on my list as well. So that's a really good choice. And like I said, that did make my long list. Honestly, I think this list might have had more songs than my 80s list, like my full list. I didn't until I really dug into it. I kind of forgot about a lot of them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. cause I went I literally was trying to think of songs just off the top of my head. And I ended up going through year by year and Googling top tens from 1990, 1991, 1990. And I'm starting to think, oh, wow. And I'm writing that. That's how my list got to be so freaking long was. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. movie." (laughs) We'll have to share our full list with each other and I'll share them on the page. Just there's a lot of good ones. This was hard. This was really hard for me. It was epically hard. I don't think the 80s was this hard. No, I don't either. Because this was our childhood. I mean, yes, we grew up in the 80s, but we were teenagers in the 90s. So obviously, young adults, yeah, that's going to hit our feelings a lot differently than the 80s ones are. Yeah, the 90s had some of the best movies and best music. And yeah, I'll, I'll defend that all day long. So so for my number four, I did a tie. And the only reason that I did that is because they're they're from the same genre of music, not oh. necessarily movie, but I, I couldn't decide. And George was really mad that I was going to pick one over the other. So I'm just lumping them together. So for my tie for number four is going to be the 1992 film Pure Country. And the song is Heartland oh, by George Strait. And who you're going with. Um, the other one is from the 1998 movie Hope Floats, and it's To Make You Feel My Love by Garth Brooks. Both country songs, um, pure country that it was a hard one for me to pick a theme song because obviously, um, you have two basic theme songs from that movie. Yeah. Heartland, which is like, you know, the opening and it's kind of like the, the feel good theme, but then you've also got. I crossed my heart, which wraps the whole story up in a nice little pretty pink bow. Yes, but I I eliminated I crossed my heart for personal reasons, and that's all I'm going to say. But uh, I just decided that Heartland was the theme song of the movie. Uh, both great songs. But... Well, Heartland gets a whole lot of recognition that they're not Heartland. I crossed my heart gets a lot of recognition recognition that heartland doesn't get so yeah i mean it's the love theme like i get it but i think i think heartland really captures the whole essence of the movie of you know where dusty comes from and like who he wants to be and how his life kind of goes and then obviously there's the love part too but i don't know i just that you hear heartland and you hear pure you think pure country at least i think so oh yeah Um, me it's both of those songs i mean i doesn't matter if i hear heartland or if i hear i cross my heart I mean, George Strait, one of the best musicians, artists, singers of our of all time, like not just our lifetime, but all time. He's incredible. There's a reason why he has the nickname King George. Yeah. And so speaking of that, my George. So Pure Country is one of his all time favorite movies. And so when I was debating these two, um, because I love them both. And honestly, if I had to pick one of those two movies, I would pick Hope Floats. It has because 
it just has a lot of personal meaning to me. And I really love that movie. It helped me through a hard time. And so it's, I'm emotionally connected to it and that song, but his is pure country. He just freaking loves it so much. So we just argued and argued about it. And I was like, you know what? They're just going to tie. Cause I can't decide. So you arguing back and forth over that too. We argue back and forth over all kinds of stuff. It doesn't. And a lot of the songs that I've listed on all the lists, he's kind of like, okay, well, but what about this one? And I'm like, well, what about this one? And, you know, the the one coming up with Dewey, the top five rap albums or hip hop albums, George had a lot to say about that. So that'll be fun. <laughs> oh, buddy. Well, let's just say we are a house divided. George is a West Coast guy. I'm an East Coast guy. He's a Tupac guy. I'm a big guy and or girl. And it's just never going to change. Change that freaking pronoun because <laughs> you don't look like a guy to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that song. And then obviously to make you feel my love, the love song from Hope Floats. It's just, it's so pretty and beautiful and it really fits with the story. So. And let's be honest too. I mean, it's not necessarily straight a Garth Brooks song, but. Right. The Garth Brooks version is the one that gets all the recognition. Right. And Garth is my all-time favorite performer of all time. Yeah, he's amazing. He is amazing. And he did that song justice. It's beautiful. It yeah. it makes my heart twitch every time. I'm just like, oh, every time I hear it. So yeah. Garth Brooks is phenomenal. And I, I would put him and George Strait in, you know, in the same category of amazing performers i don't even know that i think one is better than the other to me the royal family of country music is george Strait as king reba as queen i agree with and what yeah, you're garth saying. would be the crown prince of country music behind the king yeah only because george strait has been around a lot longer and been doing it a lot longer but very true but at the same time you could also say george Strait and never did the numbers album wise and packed as many stadiums around the world as Garth has too. So I don't know about that. You're probably right though. I mean, Garth, uh, Garth also came out in, you know, the nineties when kind of how music was just going a different direction and everything Uh was exploding. I mean, country music exploded in the nineties. I think country kind of was on a lull through the eighties and then, you know, because you had the Johnny Cash era and kind of like the 60s, 70s, but country music was kind of just not doing too great. And then all of a sudden you've got, you know, I mean, George Strait had been around, but still he kind of picked up more in the 90s and Tim McGraw and Reba and Garth and yeah, country music, well, I feel like had its epic, epic time in the 90s and the 2000s. Well, and yeah, I believe it's actually referred to as like the class of 1990. Mm. Where I believe like Garth, Clint Black, yeah. Alan Jackson, Tim McGraw, and you have the whole big Clay scene. Walker. Yeah, all came out right at the same time. Yeah. So, and they all literally just exploded on the scene. Right. I think so. the 90s and like early to mid 2000s were the best times for country music. I think country music 2010 to present is just not, and maybe it's just because I, I feel like it's gotten a lot younger and it's gotten a lot pop poppier. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're old, but I, I feel like. Are you the, trying to chase Joey away from your show? 
No, we've we've just I know that jo- well, Joey's like 12 years younger than me. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not. And I appreciate some of the current country artists. And then, you know, but I just think the Garth Brooks years, the Tim McGraw years, the Faith Hill years, the Martina McBride years, like all those were the best years for country, in my opinion. Just my opinion. Oh, I agree. So I will agree with you until the day I die. Thanks. All right. So what do you have for number three? Oh, by the way, I actually thought Heartland or Pure Country, anything was going to be the one we had in common. So now I'm interested. Oh, because I, yeah, I don't have it on my list. My number three song is from the year 1998 and also from a movie that I will unfortunately have to add to my, I've seen it 250,000 times and it will still make me cry every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. 1998, the mega blockbuster that is Armageddon, and the song is I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Yep. Uh, Cry every time I see it, and I've seen it 200 times, same. Well, I mean, that whole 10, 15 minutes right before they get to the whole wrapping the movie up, and Mm -hmm. everybody comes, again, 23 years old, so I'm not worried about freaking spoilers here. Right. But if you haven't seen it and don't want it spoiled fast forward because if you haven't seen armageddon i think you need to reevaluate your life choices yes amazing movie and let's be honest my all-time favorite sleeper actor of all time is in the movie and which one the great michael john coffee clark ah yes yes agreed he's amazing i mean you have the whole idea of a bunch of roughnecks getting recruited to fly into space and blow drill into and blow up an asteroid that is on its way to wiping out the earth and they're getting ready to leave. And Ben Affleck, mm, I still, I'm not a huge Ben Affleck fan. (gasps) Blasphemy. I think I just shocked my lobster. Yeah. uh, Don't call me that again. Okay, fine. (laughs) Just kidding. But I don't know. Yeah. They're getting ready to leave and, Ben and Liv Tyler are getting ready to say goodbye to each other and mm-hmm. he starts to sing the you know I'm leaving on a jet plane song and Leave they're having their little you know sweet plane. little moment of you know I may not ever be back but you know I love you blah 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 blah, blah. and you get Michael Clark Duncan with his deep mm-hmm. deeper deeper than Barry White voice and then Steve like, Buscemi with the with the uh, harmonies. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know when I'll be back. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I love Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, me and too. That, I, think, I think that was the first movie I ever saw him in. Yes, because I believe it was about a year after that was when The Green Mile came out. Yeah. And I loved him in Armageddon. Don't. Get me started on the freaking Green Mile yet. That yeah. <laughs> is going to get addressed in September when we do Stephen King birthday bonanza month on an evening at the movies. But I mean, I think personally the guy is an amazing actor. And I don't think he got anywhere near the credit that he should have gotten before God I rest all, he passed away. I know. <laughs> I don't know why all of a sudden you know 
we have this whole theory that people don't get appreciated like they should be until after they're gone. I but. know. Well, and Armageddon had a phenomenal cast anyway. I mean, the amount of talent in that movie is, I don't even know how they paid for it. I mean, Bruce Willis, Ben, ben Affleck, Affleck Liv, Tyler, Liv Tyler, Steve Buscemi, yeah. uh, what's his head? Oh, Owen God. Wilson. Owen Wilson, but that's not who I was... Um, what? Billy Bob Thornton. That's who I was forgetting about. Billy Bob like, Thornton. Will Patton was in it. Will Patton. Oh, love him so much. Yeah, it's just... So I was on a first date when I saw that movie, and I cried so hard. I was kind of like... like <laughs> I was like, this guy's never going to call me again. <laughs> yeah, he did. That, we dated for three years. With the whole... I mean, you get to the end of the movie where they're drawing straws to who's going to stay behind and have to manually explode the nuclear bomb. And unfortunately Ben Affleck's character draws a short straw and Bruce Willis's character being Liv Tyler's dad takes him down and he's getting ready to tell him goodbye. And then all of a sudden he rips his patch off his arms, shoves it into his chest and shoves Mm -hmm. him back in the elevator. He's like, bam, my moment. You go back, marry my damn daughter, and tell her that I love her. Yeah, that. And oh God, that scene. Ben Affleck is wailing his ass off. No, this is my moment. It's <laughs> my job, and he's like, "You're gonna take care of my little girl. That's your job now." And then, okay. yeah, I'm all just, right. Just when you think the emotions all said and done with, he ends up getting on the video call with his daughter. Oh God. And. Here come the ugly tears all over again for mm-hmm. round two. As you know, he because he'd already in the beginning of the movie made the promise that he was coming back. And unfortunately, now I'm gonna have to break that promise. But I want you, you have my blessing to marry Ben Affleck's character, and blah 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 blah. And she has the daddy, I love you, and then all of a sudden it's yep. just static, and it's all like, damn it. He says, I'd be, I'd be proud to have you marry Grace. I'm like, oh, my God. You can't say you don't like Ben Affleck watching that scene. His crying and his emotion is just so freaking good. Like, okay. God, not, he's incredible. I hate for Ben Affleck didn't come from that movie. My disdain for Affleck came later down the road. So at least I can maybe get a little bit of redemption on that one then. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see. He's a phenomenal actor. You can't dispute that. And director. So. Yeah, well, let's discuss how far down on my top five list of Batman he is. Okay, but Batman is, a yeah, we're not going to get into Batman because while I agree that he wasn't the best choice for Batman, I thought he did it the justice that he was allowed to do it. I don't know. A lot of the flaws in that movie were not. He was set up to fail in that situation. (laughs) Well, I think everybody was set up to fail in that situation. Yeah, kind of like Clooney. I mean, he was it was terrible, but also that movie fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, good one and also made my long list. I didn't include it in my top 5. I almost did, but I also 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 I also lumped it in with the 3 that we excluded because it's such a big time hit and that um to me yeah, it was really almost- obvious. I almost asked if we wanted to lump that one in too, but then I thought, no. We can't keep doing this, right? (laughs) I'm like, if we do, we're going to have a, we'll just reveal a freaking top 10 list of movies that all got lumped in as they were so epic that everybody should have them on their list. And that's, 
That's funny because I said the exact same thing to George. I was like, I really want to include this one. I want to lump it in with the other three. But I was like, if we keep doing that, then we're just going to keep going down the road of, because there's another one that I could also throw in there that um, did also not make my top five, but I'm interested to see if it makes yours. So we're on to my number three, correct? Okay. So my number three is a song that also, I mean, including the movie obviously it's from the movie it's popular but it has been popular since and is also part of other franchise things that have made me happy and it is the song from the 1993 movie benny and june and it's i'm gonna be 500 miles by the proclaimers uh earworm (laughs) earworm i know a lot of people actually don't like this song um which i think is weird but it's super it catchy. Benny and June, just one, it's of, one my of the all- songs that you hear at one time and it's in your head for like the next four hours. Yeah, true. Um, there is a version of it by a band called Sleeping at Last and they do a lot of covers and it was almost my wedding song because it's so beautiful. Um, oh, really? Yeah, you'll have you'll have to look it up. It's so it's a very slow, like you know, like love song type version. It is so freaking gorgeous. But I think this movie and this song fit together so perfectly, like the quirkiness of it. Uh You know, the song is obviously very catchy, it gets stuck in your head, blah blah blah. But it just fits with those two characters of you know, um Benny and June. They're just they're both so if you haven't seen this movie please go see it i don't think you'll be disappointed you know she's got issues she's mentally ill and benny's not but he's just a weird dude and they just fit together so perfectly and i think the song really just like wraps up the quirkiness of the movie and it's just perfect so that's why i picked it it's a good song i'm not going to deny that not it is to one mention... of the songs that it's an earworm but yeah you can't deny the fact that it works. And I think it works for the most part as part of that story from that movie. And I think the other reason, even though, like I said, it's not, it's not because of this list, but it's inclusion in how I met your mother also has a soft spot in my heart. And I yeah. think that's another reason that I like it so much. Well, cause it wasn't just lot latched into one specific storyline in that TV show. It was, you had, Ted Marshall going home for Thanksgiving or Christmas one year and it popped it it pops its head up a couple of times throughout but yeah where it's stuck in the tape player and it's the only song the Fiero will play like that's just amazing so yeah because let's be honest not all of us have had cars like that but a big handful of us have had cars where we have a tape Mm -hmm. player and the tape is stuck and all it will play is the one Song, right <laughs> one tape over and over again i'm not gonna I mean, lie my first car was that way yeah and my best friend in high school her first car was a fiero very similar <coughs> to that and it it was it was pretty awesome i mean i just remember thinking like an old early 90s or even late 80s fiero was like the coolest car ever we're driving around in this you know because it's like a sports car even though it was kind of a junker it's like we're yeah. hot we are hot 16 year olds driving around in this little two-seater fiero <laughs> um so i know this song isn't like an all-time great song you know but i think that it's a song that i still really love and 
and it again goes with this movie which i also really love and it's a movie that doesn't get a lot of attention but i think it's amazing so Uh so number two what do you have for number two my number two ironically it may it's from a movie where you could have multiple themes theme songs from the movie oh okay so my number i have one of those left I have one of those left. Okay. It is from the 1993 female empowerment movie about the life and times of an amazing female singer by the name of Tina Turner. Nice. The name of the movie is What's Love Got to Do With It? Oh, so good. And ironically, the one that I picked from that movie as the great theme song is not the name of the movie's namesake well i hope it's the new song that was written for the movie the i don't want to fight it no more yeah yeah yay yeah because to me that just wrapped up the entire evolution of her career and personal life yeah from meeting ike to the abusive years to finally having enough and standing up for herself and running away, filing for divorce, breaking out on her own. You know, she's basically empowering herself, standing up for herself and moving on with her life. And she went on to a phenomenal career after that. Oh yeah. What did Ike Turner go on to after that? Yeah. He got his just desserts. Oh yeah. No, I totally, I agree 100%. (laughs) And I think that song, too, I mean, obviously, as it pertains to the movie, which is fucking amazing. If you have not seen this movie, you have to go watch it. I think everybody knows kind of like the story of Ike and Tina, but you don't really know. Like, you have to just, and Angela Bassett is one of those amazing, just incredible actors that will be, I think, remembered throughout time. She's... She is spectacular. I think Angela Bassett nailed that character 100%. She did. And then you also have to flip the coin over to the other side. I don't think Angela Bassett nails that character as well as she did. If Lawrence Fishburne doesn't nail. Oh, yeah. Ike, Ike. Turner, the way he nailed Ike Turner. Because Lawrence Fishburne can be, and he scared me in that movie, how good he played it. Like just his looks and his facial expressions. Like I got chills. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those movies that I've, I haven't seen it 250 times. I, I, I've seen it more than once, obviously. But yeah. one of those movies that I've seen it, you know, say 25 times. And each and every time that I watch it, the abuse and everything that... God, it's awful. Tina had to go through. It just, it's cringeworthy. It's- yes. And it brings a lot of important, I think, issues that I wish people would talk about more and not just like, you know, domestic abuse, but, and we don't have to go too far into this, but that really did kind of bring forth the issue of you can actually be raped by your own husband because people don't, people don't say that they're like, Oh, it's your husband. He didn't rape you. Well, yeah, Yeah. he did. If you didn't want to do it and he forced you just because you're married, that doesn't mean you have free access to whatever you want, whenever you want. And I liked that they included that part of her, of Tina's story to uh-huh. say, you know, and because it's a thing that people need to talk more about because they don't. And it, it just, I don't know, that part really stood out to me 
as part of her story aside from just the physical you know abuse mm-hmm. agreed 100 percent. and that song like um you know aside from the movie if you listen to the lyrics i think it it really it applies to everything in a relationship it's not just about her story but the words of that song the lyrics could be applied to any marriage where it's like well yeah i mean you get the line i don't care who's wrong or right yeah it's like i just don't want to fight anymore we love each other but we can't make it work it's just i that song has stuck with me for a long time just because it's like yeah i've felt that in different relationships where it's like yeah i love this person but shit i'm tired of fighting with them all the time and yeah so that song is phenomenal and that was a very good choice and i actually kind of forgot about that so that didn't make my list it would if i had thought of it so good job it wouldn't have made my list if i hadn't gone through year by year and googled top 10 movies for gotcha every year because i totally had forgotten about that movie yeah because if if i had seen it that way i would have included it i had forgotten when it came out yeah oh good choice okay good choice number two okay so god this is so hard for me okay my number two is so this is the one that you were saying could have multiple theme songs i'm gonna say the song i picked probably wouldn't be considered the theme song because the most popular song in the movie is a super popular song however this is like the love theme from the movie and definitely just embodies the entire story and so it is from this is the latest one I have, the 1999 movie Cruel Intentions, and it is Colorblind by the Counting Crows. That's, think of that. It's it's one of my all-time favorite songs. It's not a super popular song. You don't hear it on the radio. You didn't hear it on the radio back then. So you no. would pro- you would probably only know it if you were a big Counting Crows fan or if you watched the movie. Cruel Intentions has an amazing soundtrack, one of one of my favorite 90s soundtracks. Like if we were naming full-on soundtracks that would make my list bittersweet symphony is obviously i think kind of the theme of the movie Uh but colorblind is the song that really kind of wraps up the love story and you know kind of the character development of sebastian and how he goes from this lothario to being in love and and it's just such a gorgeous song i just it it's one of those songs that touches my heart every time i hear it it's one of my favorites so totally did i totally had completely forgotten about that movie it's a it's a good movie <laughs> it's a it's the a remake of dangerous liaisons <laughs> what does rachel claim her favorite movie is dangerous liaisons weekend at bernie's. Her, her actual favorite movie is <laughs> the weekend at bernie's anybody that's listening that hasn't heard the song colorblind go download it immediately it you won't be sorry it's it's very good and counting crows is one of my favorite 90s bands anyway um so many good songs and just a lot of stuff that made you feel a lot of feelings i think and colorblind is definitely one of those um it's definitely about falling in love and taking a leap and and all of that so all right well i guess we're down to number one um i'm i'm very very interested to see what this is going to be so my number one is the one that is going to be totally off the wall and i can almost guarantee you will not be the one you think it is okay but 
-hmm. It's from 1998. Mm -hmm. A movie that's not even set in the 90s. Okay. It is set in the 80s. The soundtrack is completely full of 80s music. Okay. But the movie came out in 1998, so it falls under this category. So the movie is The Wedding Singer. Oh, okay. (laughs) With the one that I latched on to as being the theme song for that movie being I Want to Grow Old With You. Good one. I did not think of that or see that being on your list, but that's perfect. That was actually at my wedding. It was the last dance song. I picked Aww. that. Yeah. I love that song. Oh, okay. I think it's an amazing song about being in love. Yeah, it's beautiful. And being with the one that you're truly meant to be with and growing old together. I mean, how many different things does he list in that song as he wants to, you know. It's all the mundane things. That's what's so beautiful yeah. about it. Yeah, it's nothing overly you know he's not singing about wanting to go on vacations to the caribbean or whatever i mean he's yeah you know carrying you around when your arthritis is bad holding your hair while you throw up because you've had too much to drink or even let you hold the remote (laughs) yeah i'll even let you hold the remote control yeah that's oh such a good one yeah to this day every time i hear it it still takes me back yeah, and that movie is so, so good. Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have the best chemistry. It's well, so adorable. Obviously. Yeah, that one and 50 First Dates, that's another favorite one of mine, of theirs, which also has an amazing soundtrack. But yeah, Wedding Singer, is it's legit. Oh, that was a good choice. I like that. I try. Um, so you're right. I didn't see that being on your list, and I actually didn't even think of that one. But I'm a little disappointed that there is not a song from The Crow on your list. I know. I really I, had I Big Empty that. by STP being your number one. Uh, yeah. I, or it's hard. It's really hard. Okay. I mean, I, I'm not gonna. I wasn't deliberately leaving STP out, but I was trying to evaluate the worthiness of each and every song and yeah hey it's your list i just i really thought i had that one pegged down <laughs> no no how much and you love the movie i do i love the movie and i can recite the movie from start to finish word for word but yeah i don't know why i could probably give it my honorable mention okay well hey but, whatever yeah I, it is what it is okay so my number one is another madonna song and it is from one of my all-time favorite movies that again makes me cry every time i watch it and is just such a beautiful movie such a beautiful song and it is uh the song i'll remember from the 1994 movie with honors have you seen um, this i do not think i have really okay so with honors is it's Joe Pesci, uh, Brendan Fraser, Patrick Dempsey's in it. Um, Moira Kelly, the girl from uh, Cutting Edge, is in it. So it's basically about this group of friends. They're at Harvard, and uh-huh. um, Brendan Fraser is kind of like the main character, and uh-huh. he runs into this homeless guy, 
basically he something happens where he either loses his compute computer or his computer breaks or something and he ends up finding this homeless guy who is joe pesci that's reading the computer and he won't give it back to him so basically they kind of become friends and it's like this tit for tat situation where he's like okay well you're going to give me food and you're going to help me out and i'm going to give you back this computer stuff and there's all this you know love relationships between all the friends and they all live together and it's just oh it's such a good movie it does not get a lot of recognition but i would call it one of joe pesci's best performances of his life it's to me it was oscar worthy he's very very good in it and truth be told joe pesci has had a few not a lot but a few amazing epic performances too yeah and then, so this Madonna song is, it, it's, I'll remember is a very, it, it, it kind of goes with this used to be my playground and like, it really embodies the movie. It kind of, mm. it just really goes with it. And it's so heartfelt. If you haven't seen this movie, including you watch it immediately. And in fact, I might go watch it after this because I want to see it again. <laughs> it's so good. I might have to go find it. And it definitely, you know, it, it shows you the nineties kind of friends and college experience and all of that. But it's also the friendship between this college kid and this homeless guy and how they really kind of, you know, learn to lean on each other and have respect for each other. And yeah, one of Joe Pesci's finest performances. Um, And obviously I guess we're supposed to be talking about the music, but the song is really good too. Do you know the song? Never heard it before. Oh, Okay. I will probably be going and Googling song while I'm trying to find the movie to watch. You should. It's beautiful. So yeah, that's, I don't know. I mean, it's a really good movie. It's really obscure and you know, it's a Madonna song. I mean, we all, you know, Madonna has good music, but Uh uh, it's again, the link that the song has to the story is really, really beautiful. And it's a beautiful song. So Heck yeah. Well, you might recognize it if you if you heard it. You'd probably recognize the song because well, it was pretty big. Will. It was pretty big in the 90s. Well, and Madonna had an awful lot of big songs back then, too. Yeah. I mean, the 80s and the 90s were the Madonna yep. by decade. True story. Copyright well, that was... 18, what, or, <laughs> I screwed that up totally. Exactual. By decade... <laughs> Trademark 2021. <laughs> it's exactual. Um, well, that was a really good list, and we didn't have any in common, but I'm okay with that because we really kind of, I mean, we barely scratched the surface of the 90s and amazing songs from movies. I mean, so for my honorable mention, I'll let you go first, but I had a hard time with this because there are two songs that are not. There's one song that was on my list and I replaced it with this Madonna song. So I have to mention it um, because it's another epic 90s song. But the other ones are funny that wouldn't make a regular list, but they're so good and they're so funny that I had to mention them. So I'll go through them quick, but let me let you go first with your honorable mention. And don't don't say Big Empty. We already know. (laughs) Well, then I have nothing to give you because that's my honorable mention. Oh, was it really before I said that? Uh Oh, uh-huh. okay, cool. Okay, all right. Um, oh, sorry, real quick. I meant to mention this at the beginning, and people are probably pissed at us now, going, What the actual fuck? We also excluded Disney songs because those need their own list. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. I meant to say that at the beginning. Shame on you. But yeah, I know. 
so my official honorable mention is from the 1994 movie Reality Bites and is Stay by Lisa Loeb. And that was really hard to keep off my list. Reality Bites, incredible movie. And I mean, that song is such a 90s icon song. Like, it's a big one. I could see that song easily surpassing Friday. Yeah, I I had a I had a really hard time, and it was actually it was initially my number one, and then somehow I bumped it to honorable mention. But I would say it is one of my all time favorite songs from that decade. Um, my okay. unofficial honorable mention, or I actually have two, <laughs> because there's no way I could put them in my top five, but they're still from epic songs from epic movies. Uh-huh. The first one is the Terrence and Philip jam Uncle Fucker from South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted so much to include it, but I was like, I can't because it's not, but also you can't. That's a that's a funny one. And the other one is Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster from Office Space, which I almost actually included. So good yeah. Movie. Another good song. Yep. I immediately, which I know that I don't think that song was like written for that movie or anything, but I definitely, I hear it and I think of Office Space. Yeah. Not that you even hear it anywhere, but it's just, Office Space was a movie I identified with so much when I got into corporate America. It was just, everything about it was like, oh my God, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah. You'd be surprised how some of those mundane, off the wall movies like that actually ring true in many aspects of life yep it's a it's a really good one it's one of the one there was a whole like a kind of sort of an era of movies where my friends and i were just we watched them all the time and talked about them all the time um office space was one one we actually watched last night because abby's dad let her watch it so then i was like okay well we'll watch it and it was jay and silent bob strike back and all kind of kind of all the Kevin Smith movies were very quotable and very relatable. Well, I mean, there's something there's something about Kevin Smith that big of a director, writer, movie star, whatever you want to call him as he is, he feels like he's one of us. Yeah, totally. He's not like totally untouchable. And clearly he has a really, even back, because what, Jane Silent Bob was probably like 2000, 2001-ish, I don't know, but for him, so if you think about that movie, we don't have to go too far into it, but Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, the amount of celebrity power that is in that movie, I don't know how he got all those people to be in that movie. Like, I mean, he must obviously be a really good guy and have a lot of good connections because, you know, it's not like his other, I mean, Mallrats, one of my favorites, Dogma, one of my favorites, Chasing Amy and Clerks and all those, those were all pretty obscure movies, but he's yeah. still got all these big time or who were big time in the nineties, but famous people to be in his movie. Now, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, I get it. Like when Ben's like, or sometimes you have to do this movie because your friend says you owe him. Yes. True story. But all the other people, I don't know. I was impressed by that. Yeah, I mean, you can't necessarily say every damn one of those people that were in any of those movies are best, best, best friends with Kevin Smith. Right. I mean, he had Gus Van Zandt and Wes Craven in that movie. <laughs> like, yeah. so 
but yeah, that one and Euro Trip was another one. And there was just like a handful of movies in that era that were just like we'd watch over and over and over and Office Space and all that was just one of, you know, part of that. So agreed. Man, such good lists. Um, definitely send me a picture of your full list and I'll send you mine because um, I had a lot more to talk about and I'm sure you did too. Oh, yeah. I'll find the notebook that I have everything written out in. I have a I have a um, assigned designated notebook for my my top five lists. Well, and the stuff I do with you, like I have my stand by me stuff and whatever. But so in other words, you have your own version of the Bible. Like I have my notebook with all my outlines and notes and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what this is. All my Mm -hmm. notes, all my everything. Yep. Yeah, it helped keep me organized and keep me working towards an ultimate goal. I'm a big notebook person. I'm, I, you know, a lot of stuff you can do on a computer, but I'm a big putting it down on paper as I'm thinking of it. I'm a big journaler, a big scrapbooker, notebooks and pens. I, you would not believe how many notebooks I have. It's absurd, yeah. but I don't care. I don't know. I'm all about the soft cover notebooks and like good paper and all that stuff. So I'm a nerd. Hey, wave your flag for. Freely and proudly. I will. You can get drape that nerd flag over my casket. I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I won't lie. I went through my earlier years, in my young adult years, where I was like, I thought I was too cool to admit that I was a nerd. But as I continued to grow up and mature, it's like, no, you know what? Reading is who I am. Movies is who I am. Even to a certain extent, comic books is who I am. Everybody is a nerd. It's just not all about the same thing. Even if you don't want to admit it, everybody has something that they geek out about that's like their favorite thing. So we're all little geeks and there's nothing wrong with that. The best thing you can do is just live freely and admit it because there's no reason to hide it. We're all in the same boat. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, good episode. That was, I, I'm kind of sad we didn't have any in common, but I'm also not because I, I like to see all the different things that we came up with. And so the next one, are we, are we excluding Disney and Pixar from the 2000 to current? And then, so my problem with 2000 to current is Hamilton and Greatest Showman are going to take up my entire list. <laughs> not to, not to mention there's so many other good ones. Um, I think, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see how it goes. And then after that, we'll do, which we've got other, I, I don't know. This music series may take a little while because we've got other shows in the works, both me on yours and you on mine. But for now, we have 1979 backwards and 2000 to current. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for those. Well, thanks for being here. And I know I'm going to talk to you again sometime this week for an evening at the movies as we yeah, talk right. about Karate Kid 2. Right. And then we have some other stuff in the works. I got to go watch Karate Kid 2 again. Yeah, you're not the only one. I, with being sick the last couple of days, I kind of put off a whole lot of stuff that didn't need to get put off. Yeah, as you should. No, you need to rest. So everybody, everybody listen to An Evening at the Movies. You can find it on all your podcasting places where you get your fix. And it's pretty good. And I know you've got some stuff coming up too. Um, is Dewey, is that who you have coming up next? Uh, or is it me? <laughs> well, it's between, I got to get a hold of Dewey and set down a date because the sickness and everything. But 
we'll get everything figured out. I got you coming up. I've got a few more things in the works. I'm trying to not be as rigid with my schedule as I have been in the past because you got to be flexible. Sometimes things pop up, people get sick. Yeah. People have life. You got to go with the flow. So, well, Casey and I will be talking more Karate Kid. Casey and Dewey are going to be talking some Tarantino. So, all of that will be on an evening at the movies. And then I will have Dewey coming up as well. We're going to be talking about our top five favorite hip hop albums of all time. Which is currently crushing my soul trying to narrow down. So there's that. Haha. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Well, I'm glad you feel better. I will talk to you soon. And probably in the next five minutes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'll see you in the DMs in like two and a half minutes. Um, but in the meantime, thanks everybody for listening. And when life gets tough, just keep sipping. Goodbye. Mm-hmm.